Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast today. I'm with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Hey, it's going good. Cool. Decided to like make some podcasts that trait of a lot of the questions you guys are sending us. We get quite a few people read Authority Hacker these days and listen to a podcast. There's actually more and more people listening. It's pretty frequent. We get over 2,000 downloads for our episodes now. So if you're taking time out of your days to listen to a podcast, well, first of all, thank you. And we're going to do our best to like cater it to what you need. And for that, we are going to take some questions that maybe Mark and I don't ask ourselves anymore and try to focus on the questions you guys ask. And today, we're going I, to... Be- I'd just like to point out, if anyone has any questions that they'd like us to answer or perhaps topics for future shows, go to authorityhacker.com forward slash ask and you can ask us any question there. And we use that, we've, we actually use that to derive the topic for, for this very podcast. So there's a good chance we'll, we'll answer your question via podcast that way. Yeah, I mean, this question comes all the time, right? And that question is, which WordPress theme should I use? So I think before we actually jump into the theme part, I think well, I'd like to say that I cannot even conceive building a website without WordPress at this point <laughs> and without all the plugins that we use, etc. So if you're still in the school of like, oh, let's build an HTML site, well, if you're a coder, that's great. But even if you are a developer, like you've got to factor in the time it takes. And I actually remember when we used to have an agency and we had that client that was taking care of like dentists all around the US. And you know, the guy was like he knew his way around building HTML sites and stuff. And I had a call with him when he was deciding the platform and he was like, Oh, but I can code everything myself. It's it's a little bit faster, you don't have to process all the PHP, etc. I'm like, sure, but like you're only one person. You won't be able to like, you know, manage all these sites in HTML, make all the changes they ask, etc. It would be much, much faster in WordPress. You need to consider that stuff. And for all I know, they went with HTML at the beginning, and six months later, they regretted everything. They called me back, and they switched all the sites back to WordPress. So I think at this point, WordPress is it's powering something like 18% of the internet at this point. If your site goes down because it's on WordPress, so will 18% of the internet, including sites like TechCrunch and so on. So it is pretty safe. But then when you install WordPress, which usually is a one-click install with most hosting providers then it doesn't exactly look like the site of your dreams. And the way to remedy that is to use a WordPress theme. Sometimes there are free ones, sometimes there are paid ones. Actually, let's talk about free versus paid, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of free WordPress themes out there. And if you're really, really, really trying to you know save money because you really don't have much and it might be a good place to start you can definitely make money with a free theme but one thing i want to say is that with a free theme you don't get support and you don't get updates usually and that is the updates especially is what puts your site at risk of being hacked and that's what gives wordpress a bad name and that's why we tend to focus on paid themes but yeah, bef- it really, it really, it's not a big outlay. I mean, even for a half decent paid theme, you can get it for you know twenty, thirty, forty dollars. Uh, yeah, it goes up to fifty, sixty for like the the really good ones. But uh, it's a one off. You usually don't pay. Like uh, just to get the support is really cheap. Actually, if you need anything, so WordPress teams are definitely like it's a very competitive market. A lot of people provide them, and as a result, it's very affordable. 
And so I prefer having a paid one if I know that the provider is going to have good support. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's mostly going to be paid themes. And now that we talked about that, that we explained what a theme is. Essentially, it's skinning your website, making it look different, making it look a little bit more like what you want your end site to look like. Let's talk about the elements of a good theme. And I'll let you start with that, Mark. Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing, whenever you're shopping around for a theme, the first thing you always see, in the demo at least, is the home page. And that's not necessarily the uh, the best place to look for when you want to sort of get a feel for it. And I'll explain that in just a second. But definitely it's the most eye-catching thing, the first thing people notice. And the way that the demo version of the theme is is laid out will sort of impact on your initial impression. They put the most effort into that part of it so that you see it and you think, wow, okay, this I really like this. But it's not really the most important part of your site, at least if you're building sort of an authority site like we do. Um, you Instead, you want to look more on what does a normal blog post look like? Again, you can navigate through the demo version of the theme really easily and stuff, but your initial impression of that, I would say, is much more important than what the homepage looks like. And the reason is that when you start doing this, most of the, the, the first page that most new visitors will see is not going to be your homepage. It's going to be a blog post or some kind of landing page if you're doing advertising or, and, and whatnot. So I think that's the thing you need to pay most close attention to, how that feels, how that looks initially. And there's not really a scientific way of saying, oh, this is good or this is bad. I mean, obviously, if it's broken and things aren't aligned, then yeah, but it's really about what kind of initial impression it gives. It's kind I of also, a branding choice, basically. Yeah. I, I also like things which are simple. You know, there's a lot of themes out there that have all these sort of complex elements and visual HTML5 stuff, which looks really cool in the demo theme, but you you often find it's quite one-dimensional and you can't it, you can never really get it to do what you want when you end up building it yourself. So something quite simple. The less kind of crazy elements on the blog post or page design, the the better. And so that's the first thing I'd, I'd really look at. And the second thing for me would be the sort of elements like the the typography, fonts, and colors. Now, most of this you can you can change, and that's fine. But unless you're a designer, chances are you're not going to be so good at picking which font goes well with in which color, where, and that sort of thing. So, one of the big benefits of using a theme is that someone who hopefully knows what they're doing has already made those decisions. So you're basically getting this design advice kind of built into the into the theme, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a designer, really stick with simple ones. So like yeah. Mark and I are not designers. And if you look both at healthambition.com and authorityhacker.com, they're like ultra simple. It's like light gray background with basically just a custom image and the title and Nothing else. Even our homepage, homepage on Authority Hacker, guys, is going to change <laughs> at some point. So if you're listening to this podcast three months after it was released, there's a good chance it's going to change. It's pretty terrible right now. Same with House Ambition, to be frank. One thing I want to say is like when you start your new site, all these fancy things, especially if you're not a designer, it's going to take you time and more work to make them look all right. Even just look halfway as good as it looks on a demo theme. And these demo themes, they're really... A trap because these people they use great images they like they spend hours and hours on that because they, it makes them thousands of dollars 
because you buy the team. But it's not necessarily stuff that you should be doing yourself when you start a new site, like studying your team for three months, not a good idea. Yeah. And the last point I actually want to mention on the, the elements of good teams is I like to look specifically at the header, footer, and sidebar. What does that actually look like? Because you need those to be really functional for you, especially the header. You know, a lot of themes have these fancy drop downs uh, and sliders and all that kind of stuff, but you really just need a good menu with enough room to actually put several links along there. A lot of the demo themes you come across will be designed for sort of a web designer's portfolio. So that yeah. home about me portfolio and contact us, which are four very short words. But if you're building an authority site, you might want to put a lot of different categories up there or you know, just need to pay attention to that and make sure there's room in the way they've they've laid it out. And again, it's it's relatively simple. It's not going to take up too much real estate on your your screen. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The, the only other thing I would say about colors actually is the more sort of basic and neutral I, I find the better. You find a lot of really actually beautiful looking themes which are sort of black and purple and stuff, but. When it comes to doing a, an authority yeah. site, you find that like really white background or some version of gray background is where you want to be at. You need to be able to add a lot of your own colored images in, which in, in blog posts, which are going to be all sorts of different colors. If they're sort of soft, a lot of stock stuff, images so, yeah. have white background as well, which looks yeah. really good with a white background but horrible without a white background. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. So if you're going to be buying stock images, White background all the way. Honestly, for me, the rules are always like white background, usually dark gray font. It's not like exactly black. It's it's usually dark gray and blue links. Like blue links, I like to keep it blue. I like to keep it underlined, you know, like the classic internet links so that the users know what to expect, you know. And and I think when we uh, when we changed the link color on Health Mission to blue, it was like green at some point. Mm-hmm. And the clicks to Amazon actually increased quite a bit, so... Uh, that definitely yeah that's quite a well documented sort of conversion thing have typical internet explorer blue underlined links and now uh, you get higher click throughs yeah so i mean i heard red links do pretty well as well i don't think it fits our brand so i keep it blue but yeah it's definitely keep it super simple now we've talked a little bit about the demos already so i'm not going to talk about that again but let's talk about what i look at in themes and the thing is like you know, most people, need, when they buy themes, they look at the design and stuff. And the truth is, you can essentially redo the entire design of anything. Now, it would not make much sense to do, buy a theme and just redo every single element. You might as well find a theme that's closer to what you need. But the argument is, what it looks like is definitely not the most important thing. For me, what's important is that the creator keeps it updated and keeps working on it. I like to, you know, see new features. I like to see them adapt to things that uh, came up. So for example, a good example is social cards, right? So you know that there are snippets in your pages that you can use right now so that your title looks different on social media than it looks for Google. So you can have your title tag with your keywords optimized, etc., And you can have your social media title tag that essentially is more clickbaity and will generate more traffic from social. And that is quite cool. And this function is built inside Yoast SEO. So if you're using that, it's not so bad. But 
I like to see that the theme creators actually like, you know, worked on that. So for example, Thrive, I know I asked them specifically to actually add that in there. Uh, at the time when Yoast was not doing it yet, they, they actually did it first. And it's nice to see that it's updated. It's also nice to see that they updated for the new versions of WordPress. WordPress updates like two to four times a year. And there are incompatibilities cropping up with the new versions. And if the Steam owner is not updating it, then you could have problems and it could break your site. It's also quite, quite a big security thing to make sure your theme is updated as much as possible. And if the, the, the theme developer is up, you know, fixing any flaws that the WordPress update wouldn't catch, you know? Yeah, that's one of the things that give themes at WordPress in general a bad name, right? Is people not updating and, you know, Code not being updated, and then leaving it, uh, plugins installed on the uh, but not activated, and then not updated, that kind of thing. Yeah, so that stuff just just adds vulnerabilities to your site. But it's not WordPress that does it; it's the, the the poor maintenance of your website essentially. So that's what I'm looking at mostly, together with like the initial site speed when the the theme is installed and there is nothing else on the site. What does my site speed look like? It just gives you an, a good idea of how well the HTML is coded. So, you know, I usually run not with the Google page speed tool. I use it. I use Pingdom usually. And I compare like the WordPress stock theme, which is like really well coded with the theme I'm installing. And usually like if I don't see much difference, then, then I can go with that. And actually we're going to give you some specific themes at the end of that podcast. And talking about updates. A lot of people will want to make customizations to their themes, change the CSS, add new functions, etc. And that's fine. Ch- change the checkout, maybe. You know. <laughs> change the checkout, like what we've been doing like three times now on our sites, and it's been really painful. And to do that, you should use a, something called a chide theme, essentially like a theme for your theme. But the fact that you know most developers that develop for WordPress will not do that. So if you're hiring someone, just write it down in a brief in red and say, if you don't do it, I won't pay you. Because a chat theme essentially allows you to update your WordPress theme. So like when a the theme owner creates a new version, you can update it without losing the changes you've made. If you don't do that, there's a good chance that you will lose a lot of the changes you've made unless there's some specific space for that. So for example, Thrive has a custom CSS box in the theme option that allow you to you know put changes in there without using your child theme but still if you're doing some heavy changes you, you should still do that and yeah the developers that we used for our checkout on health ambition despite the fact that i mentioned it three times did not do it and i'm gonna yeah, do they, <laughs> they actually edited the theme files so when they were making some customizations to our checkout so when we then went to update the the theme it fairly recently actually those changes which they'd made to the theme files were lost because you know and the whole checkout yeah and our whole checkout broke it was down for a week couldn't figure out what was going on Um, and then just we were having someone else who is fixing who's updating our um authority hacker checkout and he's like you they didn't use a child theme we're like yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's, it was it was a big point of frustration today. Let's let's just say just, that. <laughs> um, like, I mean, the missed opportunity is in the four figures between the lost sales and the cost of the guy that's going to have to fix that. If you end up selling your own products and doing that kind of stuff, you will have missed opportunities as well. Whereas if you actually do it properly, 
you make sure they do it properly, unlike we did, you should be in good shape and that should save you some loss. So that's a, a user chart theme for your modifications, especially if you do heavy modifications. Let's talk about what we look at when we choose a theme. I just want to say that what I used to do all the time, and I know you did this as well, Gail, is we would find a theme and then build a site around that Yeah, all the rather time. than you want to do it the other way around. So you want to have an idea of what your site needs to look like and what elements you need on there and what functionality you need and find a theme that matches it that way. So, That's the typical newbie mistake, right? It's like you go on theme forest usually. Yep. And we're going to talk about Team Forest in a second. I've and done I've done this at least five times, by I, the way. I can tell. I probably spent five to eight hundred dollars in themes doing that and dropping every single website. I started that way, but like essentially, they have very good niche themes. Like you know, they like they have cool directories. They have you know e-commerce stuff, etc. You're like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is like all out of the box. All I need to do is populate it. And, you and might, then when you start to populate it, you start to put a blog post in, I think, oh, actually, you know, I need to put an image here and this color's wrong and this is too wide or this is too narrow and all that kind of stuff. The site so, is broken, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it just, like, yeah, you never make it look nearly as good as what the demo looks like. And, and you end up dropping the site because you realize, well, actually starting a website is a bunch of work and you don't have time and you have something else to do, etc. So... I think that the the first thing is don't buy a theme, then create a site. Like create a site, then buy a theme. Yeah, you can actually do that. You can build a site just using uh, the default WordPress template. What what is it now? Is it still twenty fourteen or is it they have twenty sixteen? Well, I guess we're twenty twenty. I don't know if they. I don't even know if they update any uh, every year. That's how little I look at. I have it. no idea. Anyway, the default WordPress theme is just like a black bar at the top and mostly white. You could build a site based on that and then uh, the the beauty of using wordpress themes is you can add in any theme later and it's it's gonna look okay there might be a few things you need to change but on the I whole it's gonna work go that way though if it was me i mean it's like, it, uh, well, that's why i mean like if you want to put up your first sort of 10 blog posts or something if that's the first time you've done it and you don't know anything about a theme that's definitely a better way than just hoping you bought buy the right theme because you're not going to know what you need until you have that experience in any project we have, I like putting a hard task before we spend any money. So like, I like testing myself on my dedication to the project. So um, for a lot of people that start a new site, I'm like, okay, you want to start a new site? Let's make sure you really want to do it. I want you to plan the first 100 articles into Asana. And you cannot buy the domain until you have the first 100 articles. And that's... That makes sure that this is not one of your fluke projects that you will not follow up on. And that goes the same way with the theme. It costs money. So make sure you have a lot of bases before you actually go through that. And if you want to work on a framework of your site or something, yeah, the default WordPress theme allows you to do that. Is there anything else we look for on the WordPress theme? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to marketing, all the stuff we teach in Authority Hacker Pro, actually, it requires... Um, not quite sure how to phrase this, but like you need to be able to edit specific pages in specific ways. So if you want to put a Facebook pixel on your page, for example. Well, for example, yeah, I mean, there's adding code to it, but I'm talking more about for like if you want to create a landing page, which is like a essentially a blank page that may have a template. Without a menu, without. Yeah, 
without your footer, without all of that. So that if you reduce these distractions, you get higher conversions. Yeah. So it's not just a normal blog post. It's it's more like a sales page. You want to have functionality that has in a theme that allows you to do that. And ideally even has different kinds of templates for that. Another little thing, it's it's not a huge deal, but I, I know a lot of themes do this now is they have sort of privacy policy about us, contact us terms pages just and it's actually like for the privacy policy it's pre-populated with the the legal stuff which you need to to do again not a huge deal but if someone does that in their theme it shows me that they've really thought about what the end user is actually going to use it yeah. for and, uh, and you know there's a counter argument to that i mean people for landing pages people will be like well you're using thrive content builder which has a landing page builder in it so why not why do you need that or like mm-hmm. why do you need a privacy policy why can't you copy paste it from the internet and it's true you could do that I mean, first of all, it's nice to have the landing pages in your theme because it preserves the experience of your entire site. So in the case of Authority Hacker, for example, we do have Thrive Content Builder. We use it for most pages. But you'll also see me use a lot of landing pages that use the theme landing pages because I like to preserve, like I like that when someone comes from the blog with the white background, you know, with the logo on the top right, etc., top left rather, I like them to go on a page that looks pretty similar so they feel they're on the same site as well. Whereas all these landing pages builder will usually break the experience. So I try to break it at strategic points, not necessarily on the first page you get to. And so that's why I like having landing pages. As for the privacy policy, etc., yeah, it's, you could do it without it. You could have a plugin for it, etc. But it bloats your your website, and you like having a lot of these things like built in your theme. It's it's just less plugins, less opportunities for hacking, yeah, faster site, etc. Yeah, the last thing you want to be doing is install a plugin which specifically just generates a privacy page. Like that's how you slow down your site by doing that and. Okay, not just that, but if you take that approach, you end up with 50 plugins and it, it just grinds to a halt, as we've experienced with Health Ambition before. Yep. The other thing as well is, I know on Authority Hacker, we promote sort of Thrive Content Builder a lot, and this kind of has a lot of these elements in there already, but a theme which has a pre-built library of sort of short codes, buttons, call to actions, this kind of thing, which is sort of designed already uh, according to the theme it goes get, together. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a button which looks like it's part of the theme, not just some random thing that sticks out. Although maybe that's not such a bad idea if it's a. Yeah, I mean, actually, you, you know, know what I mean. For our pages, very often I use the short code still, even when we use the the drag and drop builder, because I want once again to make it more of an integrated experience. Yeah. And that is one thing that Thrive Content Builder didn't do very well. It's like they have the themes on one side. And have the builder on the other side, and it's like the designs are completely different. Yeah, and just just sorry, I just want to explain to anyone who's not familiar. Thrive Content Builder is like this drag and drop, surprisingly enough, content builder. So rather than going into WordPress and sort of writing your article word for word in the WordPress editor, it has its own editor, and it's like a visual. What you see is what you get. Editor. It's just a better way. I mean, we have a review of it. I'll stick yeah. it in the show notes, but it's a much better way of producing content and make it look much better. I was going to say, if you want to learn more about it, you can go on Google and type Strive Content Builder Review. You'll see us on page one. We probably have the most comprehensive review out there. Shit. <laughs> cool. Now that we talked about all this stuff, let's talk about like specific theme companies. Let's talk about what we think about them because this is all nice and cool, but people want to know, hey, which one do I buy? We're going to give our opinion on these companies. 
And I want to say that this, our opinion is like not the word of God or anything like that. It's just our opinion based on what we do with our sites. If you're running an e-commerce company or if you're doing anything other than what we do, then you might have a different opinion on these companies and they might be catering better to you. So I, I'm not always nice with tools, as, as you can see on some of our reviews and posts. And I'm not going to make an exception this time. But yeah, once again, it, it depends on what you do. So be careful with, with our reviews. So let's first talk about what I think is by far the most stable framework. So if you want a theme that has no technical problems and is compatible with most things, the number one recommendation for me would be actually the Genesis framework. It's also by far one of the most expensive out there. I think the, the, the license is like $150 or something. Let me actually check. No, it's $60, $59.95. Right. All right, my bad, Genesis, I'm sorry. It's still very expensive for, for a theme, but it's old. It's been well-coded. They've invested a lot into like really good developers to do it. It's very basic. It doesn't look anything super fancy, but you know it's never going to fail you. So if that's what you're looking for in the theme, I would go with that. And the good news is it has a lot of child themes available, both official and unofficial. There is also like a bunch of tools for it, etc. So, uh, yeah, if you want a good basic framework with a basic design, you just want to focus on content and, you know, never worry about your theme, not have it get on the way. I think Genesis is by far the best one for that. Yeah, I'd say in a kind of strange way, it's like the vanilla of uh, WordPress themes. Okay. <laughs> so the one that usually comes right after, which is for me basically the complete opposite, is Theme Forest. So Theme Forest, we mentioned it earlier in this episode, and Theme Forest is not a theme company, it's a theme marketplace. That means that a lot of individuals are allowed to sell their themes on there, and then you can browse it, and there's a nice interface. And you pay through their system, but then the money goes to the creator. And probably the theme you're buying there is built not by a real big company, but by a guy in his living room that has worked on that project for a couple of months and then decided to sell it to make some passive income as a you know developer. And usually these themes for me, they are more focused on design because usually they're done by designers or like, as you said, 99% of them are like, designer portfolios in their demos and there's a reason for that and the functions are usually not very good they're varying some of them have a lot of like external functions like i talked about the social media cards but some of them have like included seo they have drag and drop builders they have all of that built in and our agency site was actually built with a, a theme forest team it was a i can't remember the name Enfold, i think it's one of the best selling ones i think and it's all right. It was all right. But you could feel that everything was kind of made with duct tape. And if you try to, as we said earlier, like do something a little bit custom, a lot of stuff would break. So yeah, for these, the, the updates are not nearly as timely as the big companies and so on. But one thing I need to give to Theme Forest is that they have a, a lot of themes, like way more than anyone else. And they're great for niches. So like if you... Yeah real estate agent or something is pretty good. You want to say something? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like they they literally have a real estate theme category. They have like yeah. There's one for like weddings and I think 
I'm just on it right now. There's actually 406 real estate themes on there. Yeah. So I'm sure 90% of them aren't so great, but you can actually, the good thing about ThemeForest is you can see how many sales there were of a specific theme in the last year or the last month or whatever. And so you can actually assess popularity by what other people are buying. And usually, and not always, but usually that's a good indicator of whether something's pretty solid or not. The way I judge it usually is like they actually have the support tab. You can click on support for that theme and it's public, right? So I go there and I see how many people complain about the theme before I buy something else. So, you know, there are some good ones there, by the way. There are probably some ones that are really well built technically. It's just because they're kind of all mixed together, it's, it's kind of hard to know which ones are well built and which ones are not. But check the support section. That's a good way to, to figure out which ones are good and which ones are not so good. The next one, let's talk about the next one. The next one is elegant themes. So, Elegant Themes is actually pretty big. It wasn't like a couple of years ago, but I think they've done a pretty good job at selling their membership. Like they, they sell like an all-inclusive membership a little bit the way Thrive does it, and that's the next one we talk about. And for me, they're like, like they're all right. They're kind of like the eternal number two. Like they do a lot of things pretty okay, but they're not the best at anything. Like they have pretty okay designs, but not the most amazing designs. They have pretty okay functionalities, but not the most amazing functionalities. So it, they have also like plugins because if you buy the membership, you get plugins as well. Like the plugins are all right, but like, you know, the opt-in plugin is probably the second best on the market, but Thrively just destroys it. The themes, probably Genesis is more stable and some of the theme forests are better designed, for example. So yeah, I think Elegant Themes is one of these ones where if you're a website designer and you know, you're designing lots of sites for small businesses using WordPress, it's probably quite a good one to use for that. Yeah. But for authority site, because it's as well, you know, you pay per year for access to all their themes and you only need one, really need them all. So Yeah, it's it's all right. It's like if you want like a good all arounder, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. If you want like you will not get the best design, you will not get the best functions, etc. It's a bit like buying an iPhone. Like the iPhone is not the best phone in any category. It doesn't have the best camera. It doesn't have the best battery life. It does, but it's kind of like a, like an eight point five out of ten at everything. Yeah, there's nothing that's bad at. Exactly. It's like it's like usually things that are really good they also get really bad in some places. So for yeah. example, Him Forest usually pretty good at design, pretty bad at functions. Mm-hmm. Genesis really good at functions and stability. Pretty average design, etc. Elegant themes is like it's the it's the iPhone of themes. It's like it's the eight point five at everything. That's how I would qualify it. Before we finish on Thrive, let's talk about my theme shop. This one has been increasingly popular. A lot of people are using them, and for a good reason. They are very clever. What they do is they find very popular sites like lifehack.org or even lifehack.com. Sorry, not like lifehack.org. Smart Passive Income or any kind of really, really popular site and they build a theme that looks exactly like it. And that's exactly what people want. People just, when you make a brief for design of a site, you say, I want a site that looks like this, basically. And that's what they did. And that's why they are getting quite popular. They have looked at very popular sites. They have done their market research and they are providing with that. I actually bought a Socially Viral, I think that was the name of the site, the one that's based on Viral Nova. And I absolutely, I came from Thrive Themes and I absolutely hated it. I was considering putting it on one of our sites and I completely backed off after four hours of using it. I found it actually quite buggy. However, the support was really good. 
It's like uh, when I would ask a question, I would I would get the answer within like five minutes, even if it was technical. So that was very good, and a lot of people like them for their support. It's an important one, but I just feel like they're still in beta for me. They so they do. I want to point out as well. They do actually have a lot of free themes on there as well. Probably yeah. not the best ones, but you know, uh, if you're, if some you're of them are fair... pretty okay. Like they have the socially viral free version. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do like a viral story or like something that's really social reliant. For free theme, it's pretty all right. And I think that's how they get a lot of popularity and so on. But yeah, for me, like the, when you start trying to tweak it, we start, t- start trying to customize it. If you're going to be using the stock theme, make the site look exactly like the original site, it's fine. But to be frank, I have yet to see a site that looks exactly like another popular site become very popular as well. So it's usually not a good idea. And I actually have a podcast with Perrin coming on Copycat. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So my theme shop, yeah, it's like design, 9 out of 10. Tech, probably 4.5 out of 10. That would be how we grade it, essentially. And then we get to Thrive Themes, which is disclaimer, what we use on all our sites. So that's, that's our choice. It doesn't have to be yours, but that's ours. I'm going to start bad for them. I'm going to say it's by far the worst Thrive product out there. The themes is the first thing they developed. Like as they were starting as a brand new company, they had no idea if it would work out or not. And it's doing okay, but it's not doing the good, but not great. So like overall Thrive themes, the themes themselves, I would probably give them like a seven and a half out of 10. It's uh, worth pointing out that we're, we're recording this in June, 2016. And yeah. by the end of this year, I, I think that's when they're hoping to roll out version two of a bunch of their, their more popular themes. So Things could change on that front, but I yeah. totally agree with you for now. Yeah, for now, it's just not it's not that great. I mean, it's still in the top 20% of WordPress themes, but it's not in the top 5 or 10%. The reason why we still use them is because we kind of like buy into this Thrive framework thing. So as we mentioned, we use the content builder. We use Thrive Leads, which there is a big review you wrote, Mark, coming out on the blog soon. And it's really good. It really helped us grow our email list, etc. And you know, these products kind of synergize with each other. When you use all of them together, it unlocks more functions that allow you to do more. And what I like as well is that design is very simple. It's definitely not the best design by far. Once again, it's probably a seven, seven and a half. But it's very simple. It's very easy to customize if you're not a designer. And honestly, you shouldn't worry about design when you start your site. So I also like the fact that they have little things here and there like they allow you to highlight call to actions on your menu you know make it look different add some code on page level essentially it's built for marketing and conversion optimization rather than for design so if you wanted something for design maybe something like theme forest or my theme shop or legend theme are better than thrive no questions if you want something that's more technically robust genesis is probably slightly better than thrive it's still slightly more stable but thrive's pretty stable and if you, if you want something that allows you to work on your conversions more, then Thrive is probably the best out there because it has all these little functions that are built for marketing, like this social stuff I, I talked about, etc. We also use the Apprentice function, which is a way to structure your course on Authority Hacker Pro. Once again, okay, but not great. I hope they do a version two of that because it's definitely not their best product. But one thing that's pretty good with Thrive is it's very fast and another cool thing as well is they compress your images with an algorithm called Kraken.io, which is normally a paid service where you pay per image. And they actually do that for free once you install them. 
So like you pay for the theme, but once you've done it, you actually get your site speed quite uh, well optimized with this image upload algorithm and the fact it's well coded and you don't need to pay any kind of monthly fee. So that is definitely a plus of using Thrive. And yeah, personally, I think I, I like them. I'm used to them. I understand why some people don't like them too much, actually. Yeah, like just I just want to get across a point you made about sort of buying into the whole Thrive ecosystem, which we absolutely do. I mean, we use all of their all of their products, really. The best way I can think of to compare it to is in World of Warcraft, right? <laughs> so you a lot have of and this is, that, this is sure. no, no, this is a, this is a good comparison. Trust me. There's a Warcraft so, movie now, so it's okay. So, like choosing a theme is like choosing a class. At the end of the day, the the class you pick, it doesn't really matter. You can still play the game. You can still get to level. I don't know whatever it is they they are right now, and you can still mine a lot of platinum or. I absolutely forgot what the currency and why it was now, but you know what I mean. And when we talk about buying into the Thrive ecosystem, that's like in World of Warcraft, you can specialize your class. So, I, and I, again, I can't remember what any of the specializations are, but it's, not good it's like if, really, if you're like a mage, you can focus on fire or something like that. It's like that. And you just get all these sort of synergies between having Thrive Themes, Thrive Leads, coming up now Thrive Ultimatum and Thrive Content Builder all working together. It just gives you that little edge. It's not essential. You can still, I mean, most websites, very few websites out there actually do it. But in our experience from what we've been doing, it's it just gives you that little edge over everyone else. It's also nice that when your staff knows to use it and then a new product comes out, like new functions that get added or whatever they do, and then they kind of know how to use it from day one. You know, it's kind of it's the same builder every time. It's they don't need to relearn something, etc. So it's it's kind of nice for that too. But yeah, it's that's what we decided to do. You don't have to, but that's what we prefer. All right. I did not believe we could talk for pretty much forty minutes on WordPress themes, but I guess we and did. How it compares to World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> so guys, thanks for listening. Unless you have something to add, Mark. No, I think we covered it. I, I think in future we'll probably do a pretty a, extensive blog post about this, like comparing them all and sort of yeah. going into more detail about it. But for now, I think that's a good good. Base. This is our quick answer to the, to the question yeah. in 40 minutes. And once uh, again, if you guys do have any more questions that you'd like to ask us that we could cover as a topic in one of our podcasts, then go to authorityhacker.com forward slash ask, A-S-K, and put your question in there. And we we we've used something like eighty percent of them so far, so there's a good chance we'll we'll talk about it. All right, and before we close, actually, I'm going to remind people as well because I guess we have a lot of new listeners recently that you can go on authorityhacker.com/bonus and actually actually give you one of the Authority Hacker Pro training away. One webinar I did uh, like a little bit ago about going from zero to one thousand dollars a month with affiliate marketing if you review the podcast on iTunes. So if you guys enjoy this podcast, please consider rating us on iTunes. You even get a nice little bonus there. You just need to send us the screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus. And once again, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.